It's a weird thing to say that this is my last Sunday preaching here. And I look around the space and I see family. I see people who have been there for me at so many moments over these past six and a half years, and I am so thankful. So thankful for all your prayers, for all your love, for all your gifts of time over these years when I've asked probably all of you to do different things. And I also just want to say, Thank you for the gift of worship. I think most pastors can tell you that it is impossible to worship on a Sunday morning. It's never been impossible for me to worship here. And so I am thankful for that gift of always knowing that even if I feel flustered, that in this space, that I know that people are going to come and worship God and that I will feel God's presence. And so I give you thanks for that special gift and for just everything over these past few years. I'm thankful moving forward with Brian anchoring Intersection since, you know, he and his family have came to Intersection before he was on staff and just his love for it, this service, because it is such a special service. I, I will tell the bishop, I will tell anyone that there's not a worship team like our worship team. And so I'm uh, prayerful in knowing that there's so many good things in store for all of you moving forward, and I'm so excited um, to hear about what will happen and how God will move. But today, before we get to today's scripture passage, would you please pray with me? God, it is so beautiful how you bring us together and you make us family. how all of us come here every week, all of us with our own things that we carry, our own to-do lists, our own joys, knowing and trusting that you meet each of us where we are and you love us exactly as we are. It's a humbling thing to know of your love and to know of your grace. And to have the opportunity to just rest in your presence and to glorify your holy name. Lord, come now and continue to speak to us as you've been speaking to us through through the worship and song.
because you're the, the only one we can truly come to. And so we come as your children, trusting that you will speak to us now. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So as Christine said, today's passage is the Great Commission from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And I invite you to stand in body and spirit for the reading of this gospel lesson. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Why do we come to this space? We come here to worship. We come here to hear the promises of God sung out to us, reminded to us. No matter where we are in our lives, we come here to remember that God is near to us, that God loves us, that God calls us his own. We come here to be encouraged, to remember that that no matter how we come, no matter what we're going through, that we are never alone because we have family. We come here to worship and to be in the presence of the holy and living God and to remember, to remember the reality of his truth. We come here to find community, people who will bring us food, who will give us hugs, who will pray for and with us. We come here to find ways to serve, to find a place. We come here to get a little more comfortable in reading and understanding the Word of God. We come here every week for so many different reasons. But think about it. Think about how many hours in a year that we actually spend in worship. Maybe 52. Maybe a little more if we go to the extra services. Wednesday night Bible study, so maybe 100 hours. Sunday school, maybe 150 hours a year, all together. We can come here a lot. 
And the meetings don't count unless it's testing our, um, the spiritual gift of patience. We can come here a lot. We can do lots of things. But just coming here, just being here is not the point of faith. The point of faith is to know Christ and to be found in Christ. The point of faith is to pursue our Savior with everything we have. I was reminded this past week in a passage in a book called Searching for Sunday by Rachel Held Evans of the beauty of our faith. She wrote, we could not become like God. So God became like us. God showed us how to heal instead of kill how to mend instead of destroy, how to love instead of hate, how to live instead of long for more. When we nailed God to a tree, God forgave. And when we buried God in the ground, God got up. And later she wrote, we all long as people for someone to tell us who we are. The great struggle of the Christian life is to take God's name for us. To believe we are beloved. And to believe that is enough. We serve a God who came and took on flesh who saw us, how, how broken we are, every bit of shame that we carry, and chose to come running to us and bear the pain and death so that we could know life, so that we could know not just life everlasting, but life here and now. God didn't just come to die for us. God came to live for us. The point of faith isn't just coming to this place because the point of faith is knowing that God's promises, the reality of God, the fullness of God is everywhere that we will be. That every place we go is holy ground of God breaking in. We as Christians have this special privilege that we get to know the story and the reality of God. The reality of the creator of everything, thinking enough of us to come so that we can have life and hope and fullness in him. As she, said, as she wrote, the, the greatest struggle that we have is to claim our name as God's beloved. And to believe it, which I read as to live like it, to live like we are beloved. 
to know that no matter where we are, no matter where we go, we are God's beloved. And no matter who we are faced with, that they are God's beloved too. Jesus said here in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The greatest way that we can go out and teach the world what Jesus has taught us is to live like it. The greatest gift in scripture that we have are the gospels where we see the life of Christ where we see how Jesus went out and called people to be disciples, how Jesus showed the disciples how to live, how to be faithful, how to claim our name as beloved, something that no one can take away from us. We can't even take it away from ourselves. God will always name us as beloved. But the hardest thing for us to do is to go out into our everyday lives and to live like it like Christine was talking about with the kids, about being kind to those who are lonely and not being mean to one another and feeding the hungry. Pope Francis I, he wrote this long speech and he said, I want a dirty church. I want a church that is hurting and out there, not confined within structures. He said, because there are always people who are hungry And Jesus never tires of saying, give them something to eat. See, we don't just come to this place. This is not, just coming here is not the point of faith because we're the church. Not this building. We are, we are the body of Christ. Every single place that we go in our lives, there is St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. Every place we go, there is the body of Christ. Everywhere we go, we get the opportunity in our places of work, in our schools, in our homes our community, with the people who test us the most, each and every one of those places that we go, we get to claim our place as beloved and we get to show others, we get to help others name their name as beloved too. Because everywhere we go, we are the body of Christ. We go in the name of Jesus Christ. We go in the name of a living Savior, not for just ourselves, but for the one who came so that we can know what it looks like to actually live.
We come here to be strengthened in the promises of God. We come here to be fed by his word and challenged by it. We come here to find people to to carry us when we feel sick, when we feel wounded. We come here to find people to go with us. But everywhere we go, we have the honor of remembering that we take Christ with us, that we are the the hands and feet of a living Savior. Brian said it in his sermon end of last month in here, that we may be the only Bible that others may read, our lives, what we say to them, how we treat them, what we do for them. Jesus tells us to go, to go into our everyday walking around lives. It's Romans 12.1, in the message it says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. God sends us every little thing that we do, everywhere we go, every person we come into contact with, We go in the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes that feels really overwhelming. But we never go alone. Because even if we are physically alone, we have the prayers of one another. And we have God with us. God there to give us the strength and the compassion and the wisdom to know what to do. It's a crazy thing to think. That God trusts us. God trusts us to go in his name. To go into love, to go into serve. To go into to let people know how we treat them, how God views them. This place is important because this is where we come and we're challenged and we can hold one another accountable just as we help one another by showing each other compassion. 
This is the place we come when we're weak, when we're happy, when we're feeling overrun, and when we're feeling unsure. This place we come. And we talk to one another and we pray for one another. And we hold one another's hands and we help one another figure out what to do. But when we leave here, we go in the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we are. This past week, every time I thought about that, I kept thinking about all those moments where I felt like I missed something. Where I felt like I missed an opportunity. But it's not about what's in the past. It's about what's in the future. We go every day, every time we mess up, we get back up and we go forth in his name. And we go forth hoping with everything we have that we get to honor and glorify his name. And somehow, though we may never see it, all of us are like those little stones that we throw into the ponds or the rivers, and you see this ripple effect. Whether or not we know it, all of us leave a ripple effect in someone's life. All of us will make an impact on someone knowing that God actually cares about them. Or that for some reason, this person who calls himself a Christian gave them some food or chose to sit with them when they were new. All of us will leave that ripple effect on people's lives. For them to know and to understand who Jesus Christ is. We get to give this special and beautiful gift with our very lives. So may we go as the body of Christ, as a people who are beloved, no matter what we've done, no matter what we may do, that we are beloved. And every person we come into contact with They're beloved too. So may we live like we are beloved. May we live like they are beloved too. Let us pray.